Good morning, everybody. Very excited to be here today. Uh, my name is Zach Marzo. David Melman. And I have Melanie McFarland here. She's the Vice President of Business Development for Omni Glofin. Very excited to have her here this morning. She's one of the most positive people that we um, know and associate with. She's great. Uh, wanted to bring her on to just share some of her success. She's going to kick it off. Uh, tell us a little bit, Melanie, about who you are, you know, what you do, what Omni Glofin does, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll jump right into it. Well, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me and be able to hang out with you guys and chat a little bit. Um, Like you mentioned, I'm vice president of business development for OmniGlofin, and we are a medical funding company. We assist personal injury clients get the medical care they need when they're uninsured and not able to have access to excellent medical care. Um, And occasionally... uh, car accidents can cause financial strains for plaintiffs. And so our Glofin piece comes in and helps assisting with um, any type of expenses they may incur during their uh, suit. Sure. That's the pre-settlement side, Glofin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. We also assist with co-payments and deductibles under that umbrella as well. That's a great touch with that. You know, some people might have health insurance, but their deductibles are so high or their co-pays are so high where they can't afford it company can come in there, help them pay it. It's crucial to, I guess, bridge that gap for treatment, you know? So, um, you know, we've worked with your company on our, uh, law firm side for a couple of years, very fair to work with amazing customer service. And you're in a business where we're kind of in the business where the people that are call us are hurting, they're in pain. They could be more sensitive clients because they have an immediate need that they have to fill. So when it comes to you and your team, um, response time is crucial, you know, getting things, I guess, approved on your end to make sure things can keep following is crucial. And that all goes back to customer service and caring about your clients. And you guys, I think, are great at that. You know, it comes from the leader. You know, Yeah. No, it's a big, important piece to what we do. And customer service and attention to detail is a big piece of what we drive in training. So I appreciate the feedback. Yeah, for sure. We're- Where did you, uh, sorry, David, to interrupt, where did you learn that, Melanie? Like, at what point in your life did you realize that actually caring and being passionate about who you're serving makes that difference? Because I feel like we definitely have that in common where you try to just go the extra mile, even if it's a thank you or a smile, but it's just better. Whether you guys do the same thing that maybe another company does, the differentiating factor is that service or extra care. Like, for myself, I served tables, bartended, worked a while in customer service and just realized that um, I would make more and better things would happen if I was just like genuinely kind and and cared about my customer client, you know, you name it. Where did that, like who taught you that? So I could definitely pinpoint three people or three seasons in my life. Um, First, I have great parents. Um, They drilled work ethic and being a genuine individual since I was tiny. Um, my dad is in sales, um, has been his whole life. And I saw how he interacted with his customer base. Um, and so some of that just came in through parenting, right? Being a good parent. And, um, and then, uh, I sold cars for a little bit. And I think that point was a huge, like foundation for me. Um, my manager there was excellent and he always taught me, he was, he would always push like eye contact, being genuine, remembering what you're saying to people. Um, that's how you got people to come back and purchase from you. Um, and so at that point, I feel like he drilled that in me. He gave me books and um, took the lead in kind of like initiating uh, 
kind of values for me. Sure. Um, Mentorship, maybe, no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And which was really great. Our entire team um, there was awesome to work with, and they we were really good at what we did. Sold a lot of cars. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Um, And then uh, when I met Rich, um, people don't. I don't know if you you guys haven't met him yet. We have oh, at, a, at have? a Starbucks a couple of times. Really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he is all about being a genuine individual, um, and he is super big about that too. So when we started the company, he wanted that to be the foundation. Um, he wanted people to be honest. He wanted to be upfront. He wanted to lay out our contract so people could see what our payoff schedules were um, with our medical providers. And um, he is always like, if you say it, you're going to do it. And and, um, and I think just having that foundation and example from him regularly um, has helped kind of grow me to the individual I am today. Sure. And I, just to touch on that, you know, you, you brought up Rich and when you guys started. And it's crucial for anybody else out there that wants to start a company um, and then immediately they think of a partner they're going to go into it with, right? You guys have to be in the same wavelength and the same thought process of customer care, customer care. If one partner wants to have all this great experience to customers, be upfront, be honest, integrity comes first. But the other one is just money, 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 money. Let's get as much as we can. You guys have to be on the same wavelength and you better figure it out sooner than later. Because if your personalities aren't kind of the same mindset with business and service, you know, I don't know if the partnership will last a while or the business can eventually collapse. that's That's a fear that I have going to into business with anybody else. I'm big on doing it myself. If I have to bring somebody in, well, they better have the same mindset as me um, to work together because if they don't, it's eventually going to collapse. So you have to have the same mindset on who you work with, you know, appreciate you bringing that up. That was a great point. Yeah. Um, I mean, as in a lot of what I do is me as a person, like that's how I operate with relationships in my personal life. But um, having that on the business side, you don't see people like Rich often. Sure. Um, and so it was it was interesting to me, like when he introduced himself, he's like, I am looking to build a relationship-based business. Um, and that was his focus from the beginning. And he would always tell me, pick up the phone, make a friend, go over there, go see them. Um, he's very like high touch type of person. You made me think of, uh, David and I talk about this all the time because it may be easier to shoot a text or an email, but what goes a long way for anybody listening is in the age of it's easy to hide behind an email or a text, but you pick up the phone and, you know, I feel like you can accomplish so much more and, uh, be a little bit more caring and genuine and just have a better conversation with someone over the phone. So for people out there that want to call call out of work or, you know, they're running late or whatever the case is, but they want to email or text, like I would say just as a, a tip, and it's not really that uh, um, crazy, pick up the phone and use your voice. And you just kind of reminded me of that because we talk about that all the time. No, we do. We, we do. And I think it's the human touch is huge. You brought up the word touch. Um an email, a text message, but in a business where it's based on relationships and securing those and maintaining them, they're going to remember the voice. They're going to remember who checked in with them during a good time, during a bad time. Like Melanie will text us randomly on the weekends, see how we're doing. It's not always work-related. You don't have to um, only talk to your relationships when it's only work-related. It actually is nicer when you can kind of interact with them when it has nothing to do with work. And you kind of create a friendship. And that's crucial to maintaining a relationship is a friendship too. Um, so I think that's really a good point you, you brought up there too. Um, since you were mentioning that, um, I just wanted to bring up that I have the opportunity to interact with 
business owners generally. Um, my market is people that own their own businesses. They have their own models that they're growing. The only way for my company to be successful is for me to outline myself and my outline my steps in a, in a, in a way that will match theirs. And the only way to do that is to communicate, to get them on the phone, to figure out what they do on the weekends, to figure out how they like to run their office. Um, I learned so much from walking into someone's office and seeing how many times their phone rings, who's answering their phone, how they treat the person they're answering their telephone calls, um, how their offices look, if they're organized, if they're messy, if they're, you know what I'm saying? And then that way I can outline what I do effectively to build that relationship and make sure that we're, we're in line on both ends. Sure. That makes sense. And, and in your world, you're dealing with business owners, but also you're dealing with doctors and lawyers. Majority, mm-hmm. That's the majority who you yeah. work with. These are sophisticated individuals, women, men, business owners, and you're walking into there and not that it's like an ego thing, but these are sophisticated, educated individuals. How do you, um, how do you, I guess, I don't want to use the navigate, word. navigate. Yeah. How do you navigate through that with, you know, these people that, you know, typically when you're going to talk to them about a medical procedure that has to be funded or a certain bill, they know what's going on, you know? So being straightforward and no bullshit is huge in your business. I think yeah. Cause they'll smell it in a heartbeat. Oh so, yeah. You know, that, so, yeah. um, to answer that question, as far as egos, I am a female in a man's world. Sure. That's reality. Um, and I can, say that honestly, the only tool I have is education. I need to educate myself on the space, educate myself on the person that I'm speaking with, um, and educate myself on the industry, right? So I know personal injury. I know the Atlanta market. Um, I spend time with looking at fee schedules so that when I walk into a doctor's office, I can rattle off average fee schedule charges. Um, and really presenting myself in, I have to, I have to always be careful on how I present myself originally with them. No, it's okay. Because I'm trying to think of the words. Yeah. Um, because I can't, I don't want to be just a girl dropping off cookies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So sure. I, I want to be a value add to their business. And so with attorneys, I educate myself on the legal space and what works and what doesn't work. And I'm constantly asking questions and um, I do a lot of listening um, more than talking at the beginning. Yeah. I like to listen to what people have to say. Um, I get in my car and I voice record like conversation. Like I'll say like, this is what we talked about. This is what they said. And I'll go back and listen again um, to my notes verbally. Um, just cause I feel like it, it digs in. So honestly, the answer to your question is if I'm going to deal with egos is education is key. Yeah, um, for sure. And you, you brought up a good point. Cause we have people coming into our law firm a lot, mm-hmm. girls, boys, anybody, and they come in and they're like, Hey, we want to start a relationship with you. Here's 12 cookies or, or six donuts. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, thank you so much. I mean, it's a nice gesture to even walk in, but I've had Zach in here when they've came in and I brought him in the conference room and I started going into actual questions about business and interacting within business, how we can work together. And they're looking at me like, I don't know. Like, and I'm sitting here, this is who you're bringing to my company. I'm going to break it down. I want to know who I'm working with. So they're going to come in, you know, openly. Thank you for the cookies or whatever. But I want to know if we can work together. So your first line of defense is somebody that can't answer a question that's scary. You know, you walk in, other people walk in, 
you can answer questions. Education. Education. Boom, boom, boom. That's who I'm going to work with. I'm not going to work with the person that brought me six Krispy Kreme donuts and expects business when they don't even know the person that they're bringing to me can't even answer a simple question. And that's just our, that's our way. Is it right? I don't know, but that's our way. If, you, if anybody wants to do a different way, do it. That's your business. This yes. is my, you know. You couldn't have, I, I, I wanted to say the same exact thing. Education, if you're marketing to a law firm and it deals with personal injury, you need to know what their um, biggest issues are. And then you come in there with an answer to maybe an issue that you talk about before you even have that conversation. It's just being prepared. But how do you, I mean, we can, David and I can talk about how we prepare ourselves for like a day or something, but it's not, you don't just like walk into a place. Like you said, you're recording conversations. I know, and you can share, you know, you're an early riser. Maybe you get things done in the morning or beforehand, but how do you, I guess, stay organized throughout the day or your days in order to, um, I I don't know, continue to educate yourself and and not really miss anything. And lead your team. Yeah. Yeah, At the same time. So um, those are, that's a really good question. And so I feel like some of my answers are a little bit in levels. So um, I maybe two years ago stumbled across this um, YouTube group, Um, not group, uh, YouTube, what is it? Like YouTube a channel? channel. Yeah, channel. YouTube yep, channel. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And um, it's called Amy TV. It's Amy Landino. I don't know if you've ever heard no, of her. Um, but her platform is Good Morning, Good Life um, and going oh. after the life that you want. Right. And um, she that's like her slogan. Sure. And um, so basically, I two years ago, I started listening to it. And she's like, I get up in the morning and I make my day happen. I know what I want. I get myself prepared. Um, So, for example, every morning I get up, I have, like, morning pages. I literally, like, mind dump, just write everything that went happened yesterday, how I felt, what I needed to adjust. Sometimes it's, like, a spiritual thing. Sometimes it's family-based. Sometimes it's work-based. It all depends on how I felt that day. But I feel like I just, like, throw it all in there, and then I can pull the facts out, right? Because in cool. life, I, I'm going to have a million emotions, but what are what factually happened that I need to take yeah, action amazing. on? Um, so I do that. Um, so I have, like, tons of journal. It's not even a journal, but I have, like, notebooks, tons of notebooks. Then I organize myself from there. Um, we also, I use a CRM that I put my, I have my tasks in there. So depending on what I write in my mind dump, um, I go through what I have to do on tasks wise. And, um, I set three priorities. Um, so I usually have one higher level, what I call like executive level touch that I need to hit, um, in our industry. Um, so that would be like a hospital system or a really large orthopedic group that's national based, um, or an MRI facility, something like that. And then, um, I try to set like local goals. So I want to touch 20 attorneys today. Um, and then I set medical goals. I want to touch certain amount of atter- medical sp- attorneys, providers, yep, medical sure. providers. Yep, today, yep, yes. yeah, sure. Um, so I do that and then I outline it. Um, also for my team, um, and I can show you guys afterwards, I have what's called a morning jam session email that goes out every day at 7am for them. And they have to do the same thing for me. Um, so then I read those right after my morning, like what did they, they said, those are ne- those need to be in by nine o'clock. And so it helps them organize their day. So they have their three touches. They have their top priority. We call it 90 minute prospecting time. Um, so that's what they like, what they're doing. Um, so they get that stuff situated. So my team does that. And then, um, I get going like work out, 
get um, in the car by six o'clock. So four a.m. is my start time generally. It's insane. I love it. Mm-hmm. Wow. When do you go to bed? When do you go to bed? Yeah, I do go to bed early ish. Um, by nine thirty, I'm like sure in bed, You're ready to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I honestly have never been a like a sleeper. Right. So I mean, I'm up by sure. like one thirty, two o'clock, and then oh, I'm wow. I'm like up trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, I need better sleeping patterns, but I just have always been like that. Were you always this organized? Like, were you always this organized in high school, anywhere? You were always like this? Uh, I've always been this kind of person. Yeah. Um, of course, I've, like, implemented different strategies, um, but my mom is a very organized person. She ran her own business for a long time. Um, she, was, she ran a daycare. Sure. And um, she's been successful in her own life and she always is like do you have your to-do list do you have your stuff organized if your room is not clean you're not going to feel good um and she always said like make sure you organize your day don't let the day run you melanie what are you doing today and um every time i get frazzled she'd say do you have your notebook let's write down what you got to get done and go through that list step um, by step yeah and she always was like that so like schoolwork, she would say where's your steno pad did you write everything down, down that you need to do? And then when I would struggle, she would say, well, what did you not put down in your notebook? And she's like, because maybe you need to work on paying attention to these steps as opposed to what you're writing, if that makes sense. It like, does. What a great mentor to yeah. have that person in your home that you can relate to every single day. And most people don't have the luxury of having a business owner live with them and it being your mother or father. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing, uh, I like to use the word advantage, and then you leverage that advantage to work hard yourself. Yeah. I think that's really neat. That's really cool. She's She's been awesome. And my dad, too. They both were, were very. But with that, um, you have to learn to be flexible. Like in our space, you know, appointments cancel. People don't answer the phone. Um, so I try to be organized, but not um, anal, I guess. Yeah, I get it. No, it makes sense. You can't, you know, um, that people can see that really quickly. So it's, it's never personal. You know, we have people cancel. Zach, you, go, you can go into that. Meetings, mm-hmm. people cancel on you last minute. Or you get there, they're not even there. They forgot. You can approach it where, what the, what the heck? I'm never going to see you again. Or completely understandable. Let's accommodate. And then you're, I think in, in that situation, you already have the upper hand in that beginning because they already feel bad to meet you. Mm-hmm. So you're nice to them, you're kind. And then you can go into that situation from the first meeting. It's going to say, if the person is a good person, they're going to say, I'm sorry, I missed the last one. If they could care less, you already probably know how that relationship's going to go anyways. So Yeah, for for sure. I think what I hear from, you know, Melanie is that she didn't just, you know, wake up and has all these awesome things that just came right to her mind. It's she's constantly learning, watching other people, um and, you know, taking notes on what they're doing. Um no pun intended there because you're literally writing down and a lot of people I've heard a million times one of the best things you can do is you wake up, you have kind of your quiet time, your alone time, you can organize your thoughts before the phone is ringing off the hook. You can journal, write down what you're thankful for, grateful for, whatever, whatever you, you know, whatever your thing is, Um, you know, stretch, do yoga. Like these are silly things. It may sound like, but I would say that the most successful people are doing these things. So why would you not, you know, that your, your job's not to get to the office at 901 and your start time is at nine, you know, I'm sure you're there early and you expect that from everybody else. It's just, how can you be a couple steps ahead of the game? And I think it's valuable for anybody listening 
to start organizing their thoughts on paper. You don't have to keep everything in your head and, um, you know, look for that mentor or that YouTube channel that inspires you. Because at the end of the day, like, people want to work with positive people. And that's why, I, you know, we appreciate you as um, just being genuine and, uh, you know, wanting to work together where everybody wins. There's no... Um, you know, no ego there, but I, I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Sure. And in your company, hundreds of people, correct? Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how many people report to you? If you were to, if you were to guess out of, yeah. Um, like directly report to you. I would say I've got about 35. That report to you. So yes. that's a lot of people, you know, um, I'm the kind of person that I love to be on every email. Not that I, talking in every email, but any, any email that comes out of our office, I want to see. And I just skim through them. This way, one, I understand how the cases are flowing. Two, I can kind of read it. But three, if I can catch one mistake out of 100, I won. Mm-hmm. And that's worth it for me. Or how are you in, in terms of um, communication within your office? 35 people are doing their jobs. And it's not a matter of micromanaging these emails. It's a matter of being on top of it and looking for each other, looking pretty much having each other's backs, I think. You know, I make a mistake daily. You know, my team makes mistakes, but if we can catch it by having an extra set of eyes on it, I think that's huge. So how do you go into that? Um, so now we have a CRM. Um, so every morning I get reports from our CRM. I can go through content. So the sales team is CCing our CRM. So I don't have to be CC'd on them because I sure. go through their reports. So I can see how many calls they made, how many emails they made. And then I look at their notes emails and call notes to see what they said. Um, and so we do weekly one-on-ones with each other. Um, so I set up one-on-ones with each salesperson and then we talk about like what they're, what they did, what content I noticed, um, and really trying to help them. You said three times that you wanted the same thing and nobody responded. So why do you keep saying that? Let's figure out the next approach. Sure. Um, with case managers, um, they CC me on all of most of their emails, um, except for like confirmation of like scheduling appointments, things like that. But, um, content emails, follow-ups, I'm on it and just constant critiquing. Like maybe you should have said it like this, or you need to be proactive have you noticed the last three emails have been them checking with you? You should be checking with them first. Um, things like that um, we work on. So case managers all CC me. And then um, unfortunately, we're in different states. Um, so I've got South Carolina, Atlanta, and then North Carolina. Sure. So um, between all of them, we have to. I have to move a little different. Um, change is hard. So with our merger we had different cultures to put together. Um, so honestly it, between using the CRM, they CC me on certain emails and then we have subgroupings. So I have like an underwriting email. They send, they CC the underwriting email when it's something procedure based that we need to look at. Sure. Things like that. No, that's great. That's great. I can understand why you write every morning because you're not only trying to motivate yourself and what Melanie can do today, but you have 35 other people you have to check in with, once a week or have, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. And, um, you know, that can be difficult, overwhelming, but, you know, whether, whether it is, I think it's still rewarding because if you weren't challenged, um, you know, it it would just be boring. You know, you might as well, you know, do something assembly line type where you're not, you know, being challenged. I think for you being a woman in, you know, kind of a male dominated male led industry, which, you know, most lawyers, um, not all of them, but the majority of attorneys are, are men. I don't know the statistics, but what would you say, 
I mean, if you had, and just putting you on the spot a little bit, you know, one, two, three things that um, you could share with maybe someone out there who's in a business, business development position or a marketing position, um, and one of them is probably educate, but what else do you do that you even want to pass along to your team? Do you constantly like find yourself telling your team, do this, do that, like how to take the next step to just be successful in what they're doing day to day? So um, we practice the rule of three in our office. And so we, I say that to them all the time, rule mm-hmm. of three, rule okay, of three. Cool. So if you reach out to someone three times and they don't answer, something's wrong that needs to be elevated. If you spend more than 15 minutes working on a task three times, you need to elevate that and figure out how we can refine this process because it's taking you too long to do one task. Sure. Um, if you, you know, find that you forget uh, to do something three times in a row and you're like, dang it, I forgot three times, um, then at that point, it's not human error. There's a problem in the process. Um, so for us, we push process. Um, there's structure to what we do. Um, so I tell people that all the time, like make sure you're aware of your environment, sure. I guess. Um, you're paying attention to what's happening. Um, do the work is what I say. Like you can't take the easy way out ever. Sure. Um, there's always going to be a complete follow through step. Um, and then we do a lot of uh, checklists. I tell them like, make sure you have something where you know you can go through it because you're human. Like make sure you hit all the steps. Did you? Yes or no? Um, sure. I that's think that's, that's yeah, all that's structure. Great. I love it. Having a system, system. in place yes. is, is huh. huge. David will go, you know, into kind of what systems mean, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of a roadmap. You know, you don't just get in your car and try to figure out where, uh, Kansas city, Missouri is. Um, you obviously have some sort of help process system that can get you there. So it's not just, yeah, well, I'm just going to pick this up and drop it off here. Like what, you know, what am I, what kind of structure am I following? And if you're not getting that structure from whoever you're working for, then maybe you start thinking about what that structure or system could be. Systems are, it's the reason I hate to say it, that some organizations are, and I'm thinking sports here are so successful because they have a system that works. It's not necessarily they have just one amazing player. Um, you obviously need good athletes and things and good workers, but if the system is there, there's a lot more structure to, to make it great. That's a great point. Um, we're in 27 minutes, just so mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Um, so f- for for me, I think um, Melanie is, is awesome. She's very... Um, eh, even if it's just one post that's positive, like I love the positivity. If there's anything that, you know, people are listening to or watching, it's that thinking positive, like I don't care what the scenario is. It could be a horrible scenario, but thinking negative is not going to make it any better. So uh, tomorrow's a new day, you know, uh, get up early, structure your day, organize your day, care about people, smile, find out what their pain points are and try to, you know, play offense, like Melanie said, and answering their questions before they're even asked. David and I talk about that a lot. Something I've learned from him is kind of not just um, following through on the client's expectations, but almost like beating them to, you know, their expectations. Because just delivering, um, you know, a package, like you're expecting that already. That's my job. But how can I take it the next step and almost anticipate how to help them more than before they even know? 
hundred percent. You have to have that anticipation ready to go and visualize. And like you said, you walk into a room, you're seeing what's going on. Is it sloppy? Is it clean? How are they being treated? Um, who's picking up the phone? How are they picking up the phone? Things like that. So you're walking into an environment and you're already dissecting 10 or 15 things from there. Just so you you know, the person you're going to meet probably reflects that environment. You would think if they're the one in charge. So it's crucial to understand your environment that you go into and kind of adjust to it as well. You know, um, I think that's beyond crucial. I've known you for a couple of years and you know, always positive. And that's what I like to surround myself around is positivity. I don't have any time for any negative energy. I hate that stuff. Um, negative people. We have no time for that. You know, uh, we're, we're in a business that deals with people that are hurting um, in our everyday job, uh, hurting. There's millions and millions of dollars on the line and there's no time to come in there and be in a pissy bad mood. You know, you got to come in every day as a leader in a good, positive mood, ready to attack. People make mistakes, get through them. If they keep making the mistakes and the system is right, you might have the wrong people mm -hmm. too. Yeah. That's another variable too. You could have the wrong people, find the right ones, switch it up, love them, take care of them and use the system and also double check the system because everyone's system isn't perfect either. So make sure you have everything in place, the right employees with the right mindset, um, the right system and and, I was, and a great leader. And that's who I think you are, Melanie. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks think, for know, the invite. Sure. It's been fun chatting. Love it. Thanks, Melanie.